the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 92, and our guest is Matthew Fowler. Matthew is a singer and songwriter originally from the Sunshine State. That's how I got turned on to his music, because he's open for the likes of Richard Thompson and Damian Gerardo, and I got to see him play this wonderful, charming set in support of Thompson a few years ago and was immediately taken by his music. Matthew writes stunning songs that draw on his wise beyond his years intuition. Matthew's forthcoming record, The Grief We Gave Our Mother, comes out on September 10th, 2021. Y'all, The Grief We Gave Our Mother is an outstanding record, and I'm excited for y'all to hear it. All right, everyone, without further ado, it is my pleasure to bring you my conversation with Matthew what the hell is going on so that must be it it must just that's the worst man it's the worst when you're like all right you're ready to do the thing you have everything set up and you're like here we go and you know because it takes so much effort to just even get to the point of like recording you know there's so much like just setting up stuff you got to do and all the like, you know, figuring out what you want to say and all the things. So I get that frustration, man. For sure. For sure. And like getting in that mindset and being ready to roll, like sometimes I think with, and this probably translates to, to songs as well, but like I'll get so in my head sometimes about like what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. And ultimately, it always works out fine, right? Yeah. (laughs) Everything's okay. Yeah, you're like three minutes in, you know, you're finally like, that's how I feel about performing. And I kind of freak out uh, most of the time until like the moment, like the moment after I start. And then it's like, okay, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I think it's it's like, "Ah," and then it's already happening. And it's like, all right, here we go. We're here already. And it's done. It's kind of like going for a run or something, you know, it like sucks. (laughs) And then right. you're like running and then you and then it's over and you're like, okay, well, now it's done. I just got to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> well, I think it's also true that when you're running, uh, you know, on a regular basis, it's like you almost, you almost kind of like crave it. And the same kind of mm. thing I think is true of performing. Like I haven't played my songs for anybody in gosh, months, but I, I went on a run there for like 
uh, two years where I was playing open mic at least once a month, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and anything less than that, I was, I kind of felt like I was missing something, you know, oh, like totally. I needed something. Right. And dude, this whole last year has been such a shit show for that. You know, it's been, yeah, it's been really tough, man. We'll yeah. say, um, it's been hard to not, um, to not do that. It's for me, it's a super cathartic release, um, getting all that stuff out there. And I was doing it pretty regularly touring a lot. Yeah. Um, booking and it was very it was fun I was finally getting like a lot of the shows I wanted to and things were you know like places emailed me back a lot quicker and I was <laughs> you know things were happening and it was cool yeah. and then you know COVID stuff happened and then all that went on pause for a bit but I actually played my first show in you know uh, in-person show in over a year um, like a couple weeks ago in a backyard nice. in, uh, in Denver it was it was awesome and it's kind of one of those things where you know, I was like pacing around like, oh my God, this is crazy. I've done this a thousand times, but not lately, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I played the, you know, played the first song. And by the time that felt done, the whole set was over kind of, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that was it. There you go. Like do it again now. Oh, that's you so know? interesting. I, yeah. How, so like, all right. So let, let's talk about a few things here. And sure. We, first of all, this record is beautiful, man. Um, Thanks, dude, I appreciate that. It's beautiful. The grief we gave our mother. I I, I expected it to be, you know, I, well. I've, <laughs> I, I expected it because I've seen you play. And I think, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, me telling you, uh, I think we were at Will's maybe. I saw you maybe at, maybe at like the Folk Yeah Festival. And I told okay. you how I saw you open for Richard Thompson. That's right. Yeah, man, that was, I was talking about that show last night, actually, because, um, I went to go see a show in uh, in Boulder, um, like mm. thirty minutes down the road from me. I saw a, a duo, Rachel and Villery, and they mm. do like um, Rachel Price is from Lake Street Dive, and mm -hmm. Villery is a fantastic just jazz guitar player singer. And, cool. and I hadn't been in like a theater like that in a long time. It was very like ooh crazy, you know? Yeah. To kind of like be in that be in that scenario again, and it reminded me of that that show opening for Richard Thompson. It was a uh, that was like such a I don't know for me a truly magical moment. Um, I was a big fan of his music and it was a pretty legit show. And, um, I really felt like I, you know, did well, like it, it was, it was a show where I got off and I was like, man, I really played the way I wanted to. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you say, uh, saying that, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You crushed it. It was, um, Thanks, it was a special, a special night. And then I got to see you at the folk yeah festival. I want to say maybe even two years later, I was looking back uh, on your website at, um, at your tour dates and talking about like uh it's really cool when when an artist has the uh like the former the the dates in the past still yeah. up on the website i really like that so you know it fun. It's, it's as much for me as it is for anyone else you know it's fun <laughs> for me like i go on my own website and like all right where did i play again okay yeah yeah i have my own spreadsheet but it's kind of fun to look back and scroll down to the bottom every time i feel kind of low about it you know i'm like look at all these shows i've played like i've you know i've been working hard and doing this stuff you know when i forget sometimes it's good to go back and reference it you know yeah it's it's wild looking back at some of the people you've you've opened for or played with like damian gerardo and uh mm -hmm. richard thompson and i mean the list goes on there's just clearly people are it, it, your, your work is resonating and so i think when people hear this record i'm so excited for folks to hear this record because it's so beautiful man and thank you so um, much jason it, it's it's really really is it's it's a special special record and you know, I, I, I kind of want to get into it, but you mentioned Denver, right? So you're a Florida boy. You yep. live in Denver now. I do. Well, um, Aurora, right outside of Denver, but okay. You live yeah. in live in Colorado. You um, 
you've also spent some time, you spent some time in uh, Mauritius, mm-hmm. like all these places, right? Place seems to come up a lot on this record as well. There's a reference mm-hmm. to Knoxville. There's a reference to Michigan. There's all these references to different places. And I, I wonder how place impacts your creative process. Well, uh, you know, being a Florida boy, I think I, I spent like most of my life not really seeing a mountain or a snow capped anything. Mm-hmm. you know, for the first 16 or 17 years of my life, you know, and those places were always so um, just magical to me, you know, um, rustic and interesting. And, you know, as all the places, all the things that I wasn't experiencing at the time. And I just got really into the act of going and doing and seeing all these different things. Um, my parents are from overseas. My my mom is from a country called Mauritius that we mentioned before. My dad is from South Africa. Um, I grew up like my parents are well-traveled and, you know, traveling and, and being aware of the, um, what's the way to say it? Being aware of like how much there is in the world has always been around, if that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I have family all over the place and we're talking to them all the time. And so it's very evident that there's like a larger existing place. There's a larger like conversation to be had about, you know, where you're from and where you want to go. And, and I just love traveling, man. I love to see how different people live and and, um, you know, through touring, it's like addicting, you know, you meet all these just incredible people and you stay on like super random people's couches and, you know, that feeling of kind of like not knowing where you're going to be, but also sort of knowing that it's going to be great is, um, is just great. I, I really love it. Um, and it definitely cool. influences like pretty much, I mean, you know, it's such a life thing. I mean, I, I don't really do well writing about like random shit, you know, it's mostly stuff that is either happened to me or that's happening to me at the moment or, you know, uh, it's hard for me to like feel and write passionately about something that isn't like passionately affecting me, if that makes sense. It and does. travel is, is, is so um, visceral, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I read a quote where you said something to the effect of that, like, it's difficult for you to separate the art from the artist for like you personally, like sure. you're kind of, you're, it, it consumes you to some extent. It sounds like it does. Um, you know, I think uh, as I get a little bit older, um, I'm trying, you know, in the grand scheme of things to find more balance between those things, you know, um, yeah. like I turned 27 recently and like, <laughs> you know, I'm not on my parents' insurance anymore. I guess, but, <laughs> That's when my knees started hurting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> life is a little different, you know, things are, um, you know, I'm growing up and, and not in a bad way or in a sad way or anything, but Right. You know, I'm I'm just trying to find more balance and and uh, and just happiness and and joy and you know like in all the things that I pursue. And um, you know, sometimes it is good to get obsessed with an idea and and you know write and knock out um, whatever you're feeling at the time. And then also sometimes it I've learned um, you know through the course of this record and writing uh, since then that sometimes it is nice to like let it mellow out a little bit and see what that feeling is like. Um, it's, it's usually more nuanced than the initial feeling, if that makes sense. Can um, you say more about is, that? Like, well, yeah. yeah. So like heartbreak is never just heartbreak, you know, it's, 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 right. it's like 17 things put together, you know, depending on the situation. Yeah. And like songs are like that too. I, I, you know, I've been, I took a little time of like not listening to this record just because I, I needed to take a break from it. Right. And uh, since we got the singles coming out and the album coming out soon, I've been listening to it a lot more. And um, it's one of those things where it's kind of funny listening to your own work after a little bit of time and, and a little bit of like 
distance. And um, I used to think that my songs were really, really sad, you know? And that was like huh. my, that was like my go-to like sad folk music sort of. And the more I listen to it, it's actually not as sad as I thought, you know? Yeah. It's, it's more nuanced than that. And, um, and I'm proud of that, you know? I'm proud of, proud of the fact that like they're not just one dimensional, this is what it's about per se. It's, it's, it's more involved than that. Um, yeah, I, I think that so what you're talking about, I think came out to uh, stuck out to me when I was listen, listening to the record, because I, I guess what I what I what I came into it thinking it would sound like was much folkier, so to speak. Sure. Yeah. Sense. And mm -hmm. it's not really I mean, their elements are there. Totally. totally. You know, for sure. But like, it's not what it's not like just, you know, singer songwriter straight straight ahead not that there's anything wrong with that totally i love that stuff but i i hear so many other elements in this record that that don't feel that way man i appreciate you saying that man because you know over the last few years i think i was just i've just sort of been typecast as like you know singer songwritery folky dude because i played acoustic guitar and harmonica and right. sang by myself most of the time um but i like all kinds of different music and and obviously, like my heart is acoustic guitar and that sort of roots-based thing, but we—I think I don't know. Like I've been listening to so much different kinds of stuff, and um, I really, really didn't want to make just this like super obvious record, you know. Um, I got a chance to work with Shane and Brian, and I got a chance to like add weirder kind of ideas, and um, and we just like ran with it. And uh, mm. I'm—I think what I'm most proud of truly is is how varied it is you know mm. um, I really was afraid of it being this like thing where if you've heard one you've heard them all you know and right. I really think that this record is like um, it's it's versatile there's a lot of different things going on every song has its own vibe um, just the fact that we were like pretty liberal with like being able to change instruments around in ways that were familiar but kind of like not necessarily super used in that fashion um, for mm. this kind of music like you know, the, the one um, describing thing I would say is like dynamic, mm. um, you know, Shane on the on the drums, he was a producer and the drummer for the record and added like a um, bunch of keys and all sorts of different stuff for various songs. But um, he was very, very good at listening to the way that me and uh, Tana and Addie, who, who were the girls who sang on the record with me, um, how we played together and how dynamic we were. And we really like carried that into the compositions of the songs, you know, um, like I love the fact that like there's like really good drum parts on this record you know like mm -hmm. i play air drums to some of these songs and it like feels cool um in a way where like i would have never done that before um and like there's some like really awesome bass lines and we just really like went to town with it um and i'm, I'm just really proud of it man i really am so i'm, That's I'm glad awesome. you like it and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like allowing myself i've been thinking about it a lot you know obviously because it's like all i've got sure. going on um but i'm allowing myself for the first time in a really long time to just be proud you know and happy and not feel like i have to be like yeah but you know whatever i'm sad like i'm just trying to be happy about it you know um because i worked hard and did a thing and i'm proud of it and and yeah like that i don't, I don't have to um i'm trying not to just like shit on myself all the time I'm trying to be like grateful and happy oh my gosh that makes so, sense that makes a ton of sense and uh you know i mean i think because Creative folks are are so often self-deprecating and so often too hard on themselves, totally. you know. And um, I, I mean, I think about that so much. Like I, I am really working hard to 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 give myself a break a little bit. Yeah, it's you good know? to do. 
yeah after such a hard year too where like where life has been hard yeah you know like you don't have to be hard on yourself all the time too and of course you know i'm not <laughs> the patron the patron saint of self-esteem um but uh you know it's something i've like over time i've been a lot more conscious of and and just trying to you know keep in mind i'm a lot more like <laughs> as funny as it is i'm a lot more like uh, emotionally vulnerable than i think i am you know uh, uh-huh. and, and the things i think like really have an impact on on how i feel you know oh for and, sure yeah. yeah well and i you know so have you always been that way? This is interesting to me because I think, you know, 27, you're not a kid, but you're, but you're still a pretty young guy and you seem to have both in the songs and in talking to you, you seem to have a maturity and, and a, and a wisdom beyond your years. And I wonder if that's something that you're aware of or something that like has been there for a while. Um, you know, I have, I've heard, I've heard that before, you know, some folks have, have mentioned that. And, um, you know, it's funny because sometimes I feel more like a kid than I do the mm. other way around. You know, I, I, sometimes I listen back, like I'll listen back on this podcast and be like, man, what am I even talking about or, <laughs> or whatever. And so, and, and, uh, just you sound just great so like, far. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Um, you're like the first person besides my sister I've like talked to today, you know, <laughs> her and I can communicate like non-verbally, so it doesn't really matter. Right, right, right. Uh, so I appreciate, um, you know, you're going to get some long-winded stories and I hope that's okay. That's but, great. Um, let's see, where was I going? Um, I've, I've heard before that um, people have uh, described me as being mature or um, old for my age or something like that. And, um, and you know, of course it's flattering to hear that. Um, it's nice to hear, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I've spent a lot of time like kind of doing my own thing. Um, I left when I was like 19 to go on tour and start kind of really... Mm-hmm. you know, working for myself and all the trials and tribulations that come with putting all your shit in a car and driving around the country and trying to make, you know, this life, um, happen. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I still feel kind of young sometimes mm. like a, like a, like a kid, like I, um, you know, I get really excited about things and, um, you know, it's, it's funny hearing that cause Sometimes I really just, I like, can't believe I'm older than like 16, you know, <laughs> well, so a bit of both. It, let's go back to that then the that decision at 19 and if i'm not mistaken did you put out a record right then too yeah yeah um the yeah. first one i have is called beginning and i put that out um that the week i turned 19. okay with, uh, yeah I, um i was lucky enough to be offered um a tour with my friend austin miller who's an orlando guy yeah and uh i was playing he asked me to play electric guitar in his band on a tour um and i was super grateful and and then he said I could open some of the shows up, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! What an opportunity!" You know, um, I've always been writing music, and now is a great time to record. And so I borrowed some equipment from some friends and put together that first album just so that I could have something to give to people when I was doing this tour with Austin. And um, I just kind of took that tour and that feeling and just fucking ran with it, um, you know. And uh, this is only this. This is now the second record that I've come up with since then, and. Um, I took a lot of time in between for like a thousand reasons, but I really wanted this to be good and thought out, you know, because I did the first one pretty DIY. And um, after doing a bunch of touring and seeing how different people do things and just like learning and growing and mm. performing and understanding more about music in general as a as a musician and understanding music more in general as a as a business and all that sort of thing, um, I really like 
put some time and effort and energy into making this one as good as it could be. How, how did you, 19, I, I mean, I think back to when I was 19, for example, like mm -hmm. I, it, making a decision like that, like I would have wanted to do that. I would have <laughs> wanted to go out on tour with my buddy's band, but there's no way in hell I would have pulled the trigger on it, right? Like I would have, I would have either done something self-destructive that stopped me from doing it, or I would have like, I wouldn't have had the gumption to do it like do you remember that decision was it was it just like i gotta do this this sounds fun or was there like a lot of agonizing over it do you remember like what went into making that decision at 19 years old to go out and do the thing sure well i mean i you know i really think the decision happened at like 14 years old mm. you know because my parents bought me a guitar for my birthday um my dad is a chef and uh my mom has always kind of like worked with him and all the businesses that that we've done together as family and um you know, I got a guitar and my dad um, basically would, it was a small, have you ever been to Journeys in, or in Orlando before or heard of it before? Mm, I don't think so. It was in Longwood. Anyway, it was okay. a small place. Um, like imagine um, like a house that's a restaurant, okay. that sort of size, um, small dining room, small other room, maybe like 40 or 50 people tops in that place. Mm -hmm. But it was a fine dining restaurant and I started at like 14 or 15 in the corner just playing covers on like a Tuesday night. And then my parents were just super, super supportive and would always like let me play. And, wow. um, you know, I graduated from the Tuesday night to the Saturday night and the Friday night. And then I started playing, uh, you know, I got a job at Rusty Spoon playing. I got a job at the Vineyard playing. I got a job, you know, random gigs. And I was doing that. I was doing like Christmas shit and, yeah. uh, you know, birthday, whatever's. And I was I, so I was like gigging and playing a lot of cover songs and like doing that tour esque thing pretty much from 14 till since then, pretty much, you know, yeah, like I was yeah. playing like three or four times a week and, and like learning how to play in front of people and like, you know, throwing in originals every now and then in between like Ryan Adams songs and yeah. Bob Dylan songs and whatever else I was playing at the time. And, um, so for me, touring was like everything I'd wanted since then, because it was all the shit I didn't have to do about playing. Like I didn't like playing covers per se. I wanted to play my own stuff. Like that was always the goal. Um, but I was, you know, making money at whatever age doing that. And um, as soon as I got that opportunity from Austin, I was like, hell yeah, that's as soon as I can like not, you know, it kind of sucks to, it, it sucks to like play a set or whatever at a, at a restaurant. And, you know, you, you do a couple songs that you're feeling very passionate about. And then someone like wants you to play like a Jimmy Buffett thing or whatever. And then you're, you know, you just kind of remember like, oh yeah, I'm <laughs> the background music on this, in this bar right now. Yeah. And uh, with touring, it was kind of the first time where it was like, yeah, I might be the background music in the bar, but there's at least like five people here who are like wanting to hear my songs or li wanting, li wanting to listen to like original music. And, um, and that feeling was just really powerful. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's not so much this one singular decision that happened, I guess. It was more this kind of like gradual but obvious progression of, you know, writing songs and feeling dissatisfied with playing other people's you know yeah um, if that makes sense it does yeah i you know it kind of it blows my mind when when people are are and, and and i know it's difficult if it's at a restaurant i guess it's a little different because you're you know people are eating or whatever but sure. those those gigs are so interesting to me i was at lil indies on thursday mm -hmm. for folks listening lil indies music venue and uh cocktail bar here in orlando um and kaylee baker 
and oh, she's, um, so good. she's so good right crazy. she's so she's crazy good and patrick hagerman do you know patrick mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um those he's two, awesome too he's amazing and the two of them were playing he's got a he's he's working on a record by the way but um the two of them were playing and you know they're just they're as good as it yeah, gets like they're just sure. both fantastic you know and they're slaying it um, but everybody's just, everybody's having fun, but everybody's just like chatting and yeah. moving around. And I just thought like, y'all sit down. Like, dude, yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> that's the whole, that's the whole problem. Man. That's, <laughs> that's what we're combating, man. You know, I, I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, environment and place, you know, like, um, the way a venue is structured or the way a room is like made for music is so important to the experience because think about it like you, when you see live music you're seeing you know you're seeing in-person things in in a specific space like that's half your experience like where you are and the atmosphere of it and um i learned like early on like yeah it's i can get like a thousand gigs at bars but they don't do much for me you know it's mm -hmm. not my favorite i never leave being like that was awesome um, I always leave being like, well, that happened. You know what I mean? Mm. And so like half of the battle, I think, and especially in the earlier years was like picking the right places and the right time to do what it is you want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like Little Indies is great. It's awesome. But I would always like save that for like the Will's Pub show. And I would never like, I like I would purposefully not book like a Saturday or Friday, but like a Wednesday. So like mm. the people who are going to be there are not like there to get fucked up and drink. They're there to listen and be there for the music, you know? Mm -hmm. And those sorts of things, like, I, I started, like, thinking about a lot more and just kind of, like, sciencing out um, when I would plan out tours or, you know, whatever it is. Like, the room is really important, I think. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. but Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and you, did, did you run a music venue in Gainesville? Or um, you... Yeah, so I was... Um... <laughs> I wasn't, didn't really have an official title, but I, I'd like to call myself the general manager. But um, I worked at a place called Heartwood Soundstage, and it was a oh, right on, yeah, yeah, 140 seat listening room. Um, I basically I was uh, one of the owners, Dave. I was his roommate, or he was, uh, yeah, I was his roommate. He owned the house for sure. <laughs> um, but I was living in his basement, and um, I actually moved there right when I was about 22 to start working on this record, and um, kind of got sidetracked on a million different things because it was kind of the first time that I was you know, my home base wasn't my parents' house. Um, cause the previous years before that I was touring so much that I'd be home for like two months and then gone for a bit or, you know, I'd go to like Nashville for a month and like try and do stuff there. And, and so this was the first time that I wasn't like coming home to home. I was coming home to like a room at Dave's house. And, uh, I just started experimenting with, you know, different sorts of like lifestyles, you know, um, working at the venue was the first time that I was like, okay, what does music look like? on the daily in my life, which is something I need and, and crave. What does mm -hmm. it look like not being the performer? What does it look like, you know, working at a venue or doing something a little more like, uh, quote unquote, uh, normal or, mm. or, you know, like a straight job or something like that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, um, turns out it's just like work, you know, it's just like anything else. <laughs> and, uh, and it, there was some amazing experiences and I learned a whole lot. Um, I learned a lot of like camera stuff. There was a, we, mm. we live streamed all the shows and I was the technical director for that, and so I, I got a lot of freedom to learn and, and be in charge and really, like, science out some stuff. Um, you know, I definitely learned, like, huge, crazy organizational skills working there that has mm. have carried over into my life in a billion different ways. Mm -hmm. But um, ultimately, you know, I was really facilitating other people doing the thing that I wanted to be doing, 
and that I had been doing for most of my life at the time. Mm. And um, so eventually I, you know, I stopped working there and booked a bunch more shows and started doing tour like as, as my life. And uh, luckily like Dave and everyone at that venue were just, you know, they would have me open whatever show that they could while I was working there. And they were like so, so supportive of my music. And, and you know, like looking back over the years, a lot of the reason why I've been able to do what I'm doing is because my parents like were cool with it. You know, they were like, yeah, um, here's a guitar and yeah, I'll drop you off at the bar and pick you up because you can't drive yet. And wow, you know, whatever you want to do, like do it, you know, we're proud of you. You sound great. Like congrats, write the song or, you know, like go for it. If you want, if this is what you want to do, go for it. We'll support you. Wow. And that's, and that's what I got at the venue too. You know, when I was like, Hey, I want to, I want to like step back and start touring more. The response was like, well, of course. You know, like you're so wow. good. Like you should be doing that. You should be putting yourself out there and all that stuff. So I really have been lucky to be surrounded by like pretty amazing people. And even my roommates now are, they're in a band called Just Neighbors. Mm. And, um, you know, they took me on tour with them and I did like video and photo stuff. And we went, like we went to Mexico, we wow. went to Japan. Wow. And we like went all these places and, and, you know, they're extremely supportive as roommates. They're like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Like we'd love supporting you we'll go to all your shows and i just i'm really grateful you know uh, to to be surrounded by such loving and kind people and yeah i take it for granted all the time you know like probably everybody else who has someone who loves them you know <laughs> yeah but, um, what a gift man it is a what gift a you know gift. it is a gift i'm yeah. I'm, uh, I'm truly lucky you know like like i've got my sister in the other room like just waiting and hanging out while we're while we're talking here and you know she just like did this instagram video for me where she was like my brother's singles coming out go listen to it and I just have so much support and um, just really grateful for it. I think that's half the reason why I've been able to, you know, confidently move forward in such an uneasy uh, career. If that makes yeah. Sense. No, yeah. it does. But it seems like it, it is an uneasy career, and and I think I'm always I'm always fascinated by people making creative work and making it their life and going for it and really really doing it and making those decisions like you did at 19 and the decision like you did when you left the venue to go out and do your thing um it, it, it it's always because you know i love my life i'm really really lucky and but i've got a i've got a day job you know and this mm -hmm. this thing and and writing are just passion projects right like they're not there's nothing financially viable about the marinade as a career, you know, or, or any of my writing at this point in my life. But, but man, if I could do it full time, I'd be so damn happy. I just, I'm not willing to take that leap. I think I'm good enough. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah, I'm no, capable, no, yeah. but I don't, I'm not willing to, to take the leap. And I, I'm just so impressed by people who are willing to take that leap. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that you have gone for it the way that you have. And I'm just so happy for you. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate you saying that, man. I, I, you know, I think I always looked at my dad. My dad is one of those guys who's always worked for himself. He's always done his own mm -hmm. thing. And, um, you know, he's, he's not a musician, but he's a great singer. Um, but he like, you know, he's someone who growing up, like he, I mean, he didn't have a culinary um, degree. He opened a restaurant. He's like, this wow. is my dream. I opened a restaurant. And he, you know, he's like a James Beard fucking nominated chef wow. or whatever. And he's like done all these things. And I was like, never been afraid to kind of go for something. Um, and I just, you know, kind of inherited that gene from him a little bit. And I think like life is pretty difficult no matter what it is you're doing, even if you're mm. financially sound or, you know, whatever. And, and luckily with this, um, yeah. 
you know, I, I really do love playing. Obviously, like I'm, I'm pretty broke in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, but every year it gets a little bit easier. Every year it gets a little bit better. And I just kind of learned a long time ago that like, you know, everyone says don't put your eggs, all your eggs in the same basket. But I kind of say like, fuck that, man. Like put all your eggs mm. in the basket, you know, and, and just like really hold on to the basket, you know, <laughs> um, just like really like build that basket strong, you know. Yeah, and, uh, that's that's kind of how I've been able to, you know, kind of justify a lot of this. And sure, I have my doubts. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, you sure. know, I've played every kind of show you can think of. I've played for like three people and driven like seven hours to get there. And I've played for 500 <laughs> people and driven 15 minutes to get there, you know. Yeah. And um, it's it's what you make it, man. And um, I'm trying real hard to just, you know, understand that like not everything is forever anyway. You know, I'm doing this um, and I love what I'm doing and. Maybe something else will happen, and um, I'm sh I'm sure that like I'm sure that whatever wherever my life takes me is going to be you know based off of these decisions that I've made and and uh, this work mm. that I've been doing, and, and I'm just grateful for it, man. I really am, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, I realized that was like super long winded. I, I I'm okay with that. I, yeah, sometimes I, I listen to these things and I'm like, what are you even talking about? Oh uh, no, I I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, on the record, the grief we gave our mother. There's, um, I, I think it's it's strong throughout. Um, but there's a run that like hit me in a different way. You know, yeah. um, starting with going nowhere. Oh yeah, that um, last little chunk. That song, fuck yeah, that last chunk of songs just like really hit me hard. Um, and again, I think the whole thing's beautiful. But, Thanks, um, but I was I was listening to going nowhere. I kept I kept running it back you kiss me even though i don't believe in jesus christ but i feel god inside the songs i hear sometimes it's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> oof goosebumps man uh, thanks dude. did that I make that, you uncomfortable uh, hearing that <laughs> um you know no i mean i wrote it it's cool um i will say like that is you know that's it's a vulnerable song to sing i think like i don't know i i that that one in particular when i was done with it I was sort of afraid of it because it was very mm. uh, revealing to mm. me. Um, There's just a lot of it um, in there. And, um, you know, I think that's like half of the fun part about music is that you get to be like completely vulnerable to literally absolute strangers and throw it mm. out there. It's it's like a more per personal social media in like the weirdest possible way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you resonated with that song. That's going to be the third single, actually. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, we're going to put that on August uh, August 18th. That's great. Um, yeah, because the um, the first one we did was I'm Still Trying, which is more oh, of a bop, you know? It's a great song, man. Thanks, dude. <laughs> and um, the second one we're doing uh, that comes out Wednesday, actually, is Been a Lover. And that's kind of another, cool. like, um, that's the second song on the record, and that's a little yeah. more upbeat um, as well. And so I really wanted to, like, not freak out people who who were expecting uh, like a songwriter folky record, you know, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people probably were expecting that. Um, so I really want to like make sure that those people <laughs> like feel like, all right, there are, you know, not every song has like this crazy drum thing going on. Like we've got some cool, <laughs> there's some acoustic sad boy stuff in there too for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So, so you're, uh, is that like a, is that a set list or a um, track list consideration or is that like what you just, you included um, it, what you decided to include in the record, were you conscious of that as you guys were making it? Cause it sounds like the process was more like kind of free flowing. 
Well, so this this record was recorded in in essentially two different chunks. Um, the first chunk was with um, Tana and Addy, and uh, a bass player, Doug Matthews, who's an amazing bass player. And um, we uh, booked two days at Richter Records in Orlando um, with Dave Schweitzer, uh, uh, David, and we um, we just recorded live for two days. Um, we basically did like every song like two or three times. You know, we we did a song and then we like looked at each other and like, all right, let's do it again. We did it again, and then if we wanted to do a third time, we did. And that was pretty much it. Um, you know, Tana and Addy and I had been touring so much that the songs were really tight, and we just performed them in the same room together, uh, live. And I and and for a while, I thought that that was going to be what it was because I tried to get a larger ensemble together, but I was very particular with the way I wanted the songs to go, and I really didn't want just like random ass people to come in here and just like add a backbeat for whatever reason. I wanted it to be like nuanced and and I wanted it to be as intricate as our. As just our touring was, you know, because um, mm. the girls and I had done maybe like I don't know, eighty or a hundred shows together over the over two years or something, and we really were we knew the songs, like the emotional side of them and and the physical side of like how to play them and and all that sort of stuff. And so um, basically, we took those that recording and sent it to my manager Steve, and I sent it to this guy um, Shane Leonard, who um, ended up producing the finished product. And um, this other guy, Brian Joseph, who ended up mixing the finished product, and they just loved the, they loved the way it sounded, and and so I flew up to Eau Claire, for like a week, and we had a couple of guys that we hired up there to um, just basically, add some stuff on top of it, and we went in going very. Like the plan was to be minimal, like minimal, minimal, like we were going to go in and add very little, and just keep it kind of pure, but you know, getting in a room with a couple dudes and you start plugging stuff in and you start like talking and they were all so cool and like mm. they understood what I was going for and they got to know me and my personality a little bit more because I think people think I'm this like maybe like sad dark stoic thing and I'm very much not that I think most <laughs> of the time I'm pretty uh. um you know out there kind of like put a lot on the table and I'm very forward with um you know especially with new people um, I think I learned that on tour like you have like one day to make a friend so here's uh, everything, you know, here's who I am in a nutshell. And uh, and we really, like, ended up kind of being a lot more ballsier with the uh, with the production. You know, we really, like, went for, for something a little more interesting and dynamic. And and uh, that was all natural. It was, what was really cool in the studio, actually, was Shane, Pat, and Ben would record uh, drums, bass, and keys live over our recordings while I was like just kind of like orchestrating or, you know, being like, all right, we did a take. I love this part. Let's try this here, or whatever. And then Shane would move some stuff around, and and that's how we did it, um, which was really cool actually. So it was kind of this, like two live sessions sort of mashed together that gave it this very like flowy feel. Um, whereas I feel like a lot of studio records, you know, you can tell it's a studio record. Yeah. Um, it's it's more like clicked out or tempoed out, and nothing was to tempo at all. It was all just very free form and like loose and um and that's what i think gives it this like quasi totally live feel because it really was that you know um it was two like super live sessions put together um i don't even know if that answered your question i'm just kind of yeah it's no that's great it answers my question well i i, I that's so interesting i i think it's um i were you <sighs> Were you living, were you still in Florida when the first session began or had you moved out to Colorado? 
No, so I only moved to Colorado like three months ago. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, cause I actually, before that, I lived in Atlanta for a year. I lived uh -huh. in Atlanta through the whole, um, through the whole like bulk of the pandemic. Really? Um, yeah, because it was such a great geographic location for touring. Yeah. Um, that my buddy, um, Kyle was like, Hey dude, you know, I live in Atlanta. Like he's like one of my best friends. He actually played upright bass, Kyle Miller on my first record. So we've been friends okay. for a long time. Austin Miller's brother, um, oh, right all very full circle. But, yeah. um, he was living in Atlanta and was like, Hey man, you know, I'm working, um, he works for a company that books a bunch of um, venues out there. And he was like, look, I'm going to be going to shows all the time. I'm going to be booking shows all the time. I'm sure I can get you opening on some stuff. Um, I love the fact that Atlanta was like, you know, a 10-hour straight shot drive to New York City and Chicago and kind of like everywhere else that was in between there. And uh, I moved to Atlanta like the first week of the pandemic, basically. Like I moved in, uh, put my set my bed up, and then it was like, okay, well, the country's shut down now and all shows are canceled for the future. And it was like, oh, well, fuck. Um, so none of that really panned out. And then my brother, um, who had been living out here in Denver, he had a baby with his partner, Amanda. And it was like, the, he's, uh, the baby Lennox, he's like nine months old now or something like that. And, um, he's the first of this generation of Fowlers. And my brother is younger than me. He's 23. And, um, I mean, but he's like my big brother, basically. He's also like uh. way taller than me and cooler than me and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, everything. But, um... But, you know, I had this opportunity to move out here and kind of make like more of a, instead of like a strictly touring decision, I made like a life decision, you know, to be closer to my brother and, and this new kind of um, chapter in his life. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I've just been trying to make moves, like life moves for myself a lot more. Um, because I think that like, you know, hopefully I'll be at a, at a point where I can kind of tour from anywhere. It doesn't really matter as much. Mm. And uh, I've never really lived this far west before and I'm pretty into it it's kind of awesome um my roommates are really great they're they're good friends of mine and um you know i'm, I'm like a 10 minute drive from my brother which has been awesome i see him all the time That's and great. uh that like i don't know that reliance on family and it's funny how it keeps coming full circle you know with this record the grief we gave our mother and and uh like even my brother pops up in a couple of my songs and stuff and i don't know um that emotional support and that familial support has been really like important to me in my life and uh i'm like starting to recognize it a lot more as something that's worth culturing you know yeah Cultivating that's is the word yeah that's interesting i family i think becomes more complicated as you get older and i think it's great that that you are you know uh, aware of of the need to make sure that you're you know you're you're supporting the people that have supported you i it's it's it gets hard man i it does. Yeah, it gets hard. You know, life gets in the way, and I. But it sounds like you have a good sense of of those relationships, and it sounds like you, you know, you are very grounded in those relationships with your family. I have become so because I spent so much time kind of being away. You know, yeah. um, like as soon as I was, you know, eighteen or nineteen, I just kind of fucked off and yeah. did my own thing as much as I could. Um, it's, it's okay to, I can swear, right? You can, I, I know you I've done can, it like a thousand times already. Yeah. The only rule we have is nothing bigoted and I'm not worried about that with you. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll stay away from, uh, the, I don't know, uh racial I slurs. Make, yeah. I can't even make a joke about it. Anyway, um, but yeah, man, I, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what we're talking about, but, um, Fa just talking about family and like I, I, Seth Walker said something similar. I just talked to Seth, uh, Walker for the third time. That's awesome. Yes, that's amazing. And um, he said something similar about the idea that like 
when you're a touring musician, you have to really make an effort to, to maintain those relationships. Mm-hmm. You're not just right there, you know, you're, you're, exactly. you're everywhere. And so uh, trying to main, and, and I, I brought it up to him because I feel like from an outsider's perspective, he has a great relationship with his family. Right. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not there every day. And he was just really, he was really candid about it. And he was like, yeah, I do have a good relationship with my family, but it hasn't always been easy because oh, for sure. when you're touring, you're, you know, you're all over the place. And, and I think what I'm learning as I get older is that, the the older I get, the the more the 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 older I get, and the more I change. Also, that's the other thing is that like mm-hmm. as you get older and grow, you're you're changing. And so I'm not the guy who grew up in Ocala. You know, I'm just yeah, I'm not that guy. And a lot of folks that are there are the same. You it's know, a, I, it's I, a slower rate of change when, yeah. you, when you kind of stay in your same place because your environment doesn't change. Right. So your environment, um, whatever influence your environment has on you is more of a constant thing. Yeah. Whereas um, when you're on tour and stuff, I've noticed that the constant thing is you. You're the constant thing, you know. Right. Um, everything else is changing around you. So, you know, you learn a lot. And, and the other thing being gone on tour is that, you know, you're the one gone. Like, you're out of their lives. Their lives are going. You know, you're, you've just removed yourself from the equation and you're doing your own thing. Right. You know? So you come back. And you've had this whole thing, but they're they're like, yeah, it's a Tuesday for me, a normal day or whatever, and um, and that's that's a hard thing sometimes. Um, Man, that's a great and, point. You know, like you're, it's not like you've parted ways and they're on their own crazy adventure. Like you've, you're you're gone. You know, like you're yeah. you're the factor that that needs to put the work in, um, because they're they're more constant. If that makes sense, it does. Oh, you know? We're unpacking. Um, we're unpacking a lot here, Matthew. No, we are. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... I learn. I learned about myself through talking and like yeah. in this. So I yeah, mean, I I feel like I just figured something out. <laughs> that's that's really insightful, man. I yeah, I I don't know. I've just really been I've been thinking about family a lot lately, and and thinking of my my folks still live in Ocala, and um, and and it it's been especially in the last few years tough to go home because mm-hmm. of because of the Trumpiness of the place, sure. you yeah, know? 100%. So it's been, it's been difficult. And a lot of the things that I, that got me out of Ocala have been amplified, you know, um, in, in a big way. And, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to be that way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be the guy who's like, I, I, cause I, I think it sounds, it sounds to people there as though I'm, I've gotten too big for my britches or something. Like I think sure. I'm, I'm too cultured or something. And maybe there is some truth in that. I don't know, but I, I don't think that's it. I think it's just that like my life has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm different. And, and so how I make that effort and, and how I'm able to maintain those relationships has to change too. And that, that's like you just said, I think you helped me think through this quite a bit when you, when you said that like, I'm the one who left, you know, like I, I'm the one who has to do that work. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know? it's hard to expect to go out and come back and the things that bothered you before to be solved because you're the one who solved them for yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like a lot of times there's not as clear of a path the other way around or something. Uh, yeah. It's, there is more to unpack. I, there's a lot of thinking to do about it, but yeah, but yeah, man, it's, um, 
that's the that's the hardest as i get older you know as i as i start to look around like my brother just had a baby he's got a partner they're buying a house you know he's got his he's got the next chapter of his life figured out and uh in a lot of ways i don't have like a lot of that sort of stuff you know i don't have like a girlfriend i don't have like a you know i have some really great friends but um you know like you go away for a couple months and you come back and it takes time and effort to rekindle that friendship a little bit mm-hmm. to like make it um how it was before and those sorts of things you know because they've had their own life happen in the interim as, as, as well as you have. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that's, as I get, as I get older, the, the, you know, loneliness is a strong word, but the loneliness of what it is that I've been trying to do starts to wear on me a little bit. And, uh, and that's why I moved here to Denver. You know, it's just like the first time in a long time I'm starting to put roots down, hang out with my family a lot more, like make more of an effort, call old friends, keep in touch with people because it is easy for this, especially like my name is Matthew Fowler. The album is Matthew Fowler. Like it's like my name, me, 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 me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like putting that in perspective and trying to make it more about the music and not about the person mm. um, is hard sometimes just because, you know, you got to sell the thing and, you know, make the money and do whatever and go tour. And um, sometimes I grapple with just like, you know, sometimes I'm jealous of guys like, um, like Iron and Wine, for example. Mm who, you know, Sam Beam is under that umbrella and he has a little bit of distance mm. from that a little bit. I think most people end up going like the solo route anyway if they're like in it for the long haul. So I probably dodged a bullet by like not being in like a band band. Yeah. You know, because we'll break up eventually. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but but I do think yeah. about that sometimes. And 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 that's it comes back to balance. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been really trying to put work in finding like a personal balance because it's all personal you know all the all the music stuff is so personal yeah i don't know anyway yeah (laughs) yeah man and and that relationship emotions yeah (laughs) fucking a the relationship thing about um it's been a while since i've talked about this so i i don't think i'll bore people with it but um (laughs) the 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 relationship thing with guys as as you get older like your friendships with other guys Mm -hmm. becomes more difficult and mm-hmm. that that's one that in the during the pandemic I tried to work on was like making contact with my guy friends and um and then now that things are kind of back to moving a little bit I've sucked at it <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean because now yeah, I'm yeah. distracted you know now I mm-hmm. have these distractions whereas before I was just sitting around like man, I miss Blaine, you know, but now, now it's like, oh, I got all these other things to do. It's not that I don't miss Blaine. It's just that there are these other things taking my time. And, and, you know, you mentioned the kid and the mortgage and all that, when that stuff starts to happen, like we don't have kids, but my partner and I have our house and we have our dogs and we have our Mm -hmm. routines. And so like it, it, if I'm going to hang out with a, with a friend, I got to really make the effort. Yeah. They do too, but I got to really make the effort and I got to make sure that I'm doing it, you know, with intention. And if I don't, then I just end up at home with the dogs all day, which is fine. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes you need that, you know, yeah. like I'm a big proponent of like, uh, you know, take the time you need, like, don't hang out if you don't want to, you know, yeah. chill. But I like, think it's also time. important to have those relations. It is it important is. to have you those need, relationships. You need you know? someone to like kind of push you sometimes. Like, for me, I'm a pretty natural kind of like homebody dude. Um, like when I'm home, I like like to be home. I like to like relax and play guitar and, you know, it takes a yeah. lot for me to like get out of the house. And when I do, I love it. That's what tour is for me. Tour is this huge like, 
you know, older brother that picks you up and puts you in the back of your car and just is like, oh, we go. Right. You know, it, it gets me out of my shell and, and, uh, and you know, it, it does take effort, you know, like, like relationships are hard, man, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Romantic yeah. relationship or platonic work. relationship or whatever it is, a work relationship, all the things. It takes work. Yeah. And there are so many hours in the day, you know? Yeah. I keep learning that too. I think uh, when I was a kid, I used to like, like yearn for the end of the day or the night or the next day or whatever. And now it's like, man, it's already seven o'clock. Like that's crazy. Or whatever. Yeah. You know, there aren't enough hours in the day to do all the things that I want to do. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's nice that you have that yearning to do all the things though. You know, that's well, sometimes <laughs> yeah. uh, every, every now and then it's like, yeah, I got a mountain to do, but I kind of just want to bury my head in my pillow and just not do any of it. And you know, I, <laughs> I will say I got really good at that during COVID Yeah, and uh, I'm a lot um, kinder to myself when I decide to take a day. Oh, good. That's yeah. good. Well, so the the pro writing process for you more more generally speaking like are are you getting up to do the work every day are you you know writing when the inspiration strikes like what does it look like for you the songwriting process i am not a wake up in the morning and let's write for three hours before i do anything kind of guy yeah um, i am very much a when the mood strikes me is when i write and when it doesn't strike me i don't force myself to mm -hmm. um which is something that i am not necessarily working on changing, but I am conscious about mm. working on changing. If that <laughs> sure. Um, because it is a shortcoming of mine as a writer. You know, I, I am, my favorite writers are, are guys who are actual, you know, they're, this is what they do. You know, they wake up and they write like Paul Simon and Iron and Wine Dude. And I'm sure like a lot of other great songwriters that I know um, do that. And I have been fortunate that when inspiration strikes, I... Um, I've been pretty good at capturing it, you know, pretty good at like capitalizing on it. And, um, you know, it, it strikes a little fewer and far between these days, you know, so I got to like do more work. Um, it's all, it all goes back to work, you know, it all goes back to like taking the time and effort and energy to do the thing. And um, now that this record is, you know, for better or worse, kind of like out of my hands in the way that it's, it's, it's done, it's, it's finished, it's mixed, it's mastered, like I can move on from it conceptually. And I've been able to really like write a lot more and, and that conclusion, because this record took so much time and effort and energy to just make happen, you know, there were so many moving parts and it was definitely like a step up in the way that I envisioned it, you know, and, and because of that, all the work was like a step up and mm. all, the, all the time it took was a step up too, you yeah. know, um, that I have begun to write again. It feels really good, you know, to have like new stuff and to have something else to kind of work on and something to tickle my brain that isn't um, getting all of the things ready for a record release that need to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's been my life for the last little bit, like getting artwork together and getting this together. And like I'm planning a tour right now and trying to figure that stuff out. And I'm really hoping that we can get a booking agent at some point in the next one ever. Um, Cause booking yeah. is like, you know, seems like a nightmare. Every day. It yeah. kinda <laughs> is, you know, there's no better way to say it. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare. It's just, a million emails and moving parts and trying to make it happen. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've, I really have like felt a lot more connected to like the creative side of myself recently, which is something that I haven't really been feeling a lot. You know, I, I spent a lot of like COVID, um, the quarantine thick being really um, just down. 
because mm-hmm. I worked so hard to start touring and doing all that stuff, and all that was like taken from me. Basically, Damn I felt it, really dude. bitter and sad about it. Yeah, but, you know, you know, I'm fine. I'm alive. You know, everything's good. I'm cool. Um, it's gonna be fine. But I, you know, I spent a lot of time being more sad than creative and constructive, and I regret it a little bit. But at the same time, that you know, it's fired me up to be more um, creative now. And so, you know. And that comes back to go back and change it. Yeah. And that comes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of this conversation and and the idea of giving yourself some grace and just understanding that like, you know, you, you just lived through a once in a hundred year pandemic and you're the, the work that you do is dependent on not there, there not being a pandemic. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just giving yourself some grace and, and understanding that like, first of all that wasn't your fault <laughs> secondly totally. it's it's very natural to be upset and and depressed in that moment you know definitely i think i you know i've been t- talking to my roommates a lot about it kind of trying to unpack a lot of those feelings and i think that i always viewed myself because i you know i'd kind of done my own thing and been on my own for better or worse in a lot of different ways i i thought that i was a lot more emotionally like uh sound like mm. like okay it's going to be fine. Nothing can affect me kind of thing. Mm. And man, I am not that way. Like mm. it really mm. affected me. And and as soon as I realized that, as soon as I was like, yeah, this is, this sucks. And I'm, and it's influenced me was when I started to kind of like, okay, get over it a little bit. You know, as soon as I like recognized that it's okay to feel um, bummed and to yeah. feel like, you know, to, to feel sad about it. Like it's okay. Like, yeah. Like you should be, you know, like it's yeah. sad, it sucks. It's, it is what it is, you know? And like realizing that is what led to like moving past it. And and a lot of that is like, you know, that's like really the songwriting process for me. It's like getting these things out, having these conversations, you know, through lyrics or writing or music or melodies or whatever, like gets me over the thing I'm trying to write about sometimes, you know, whether it's sadness or heartbreak or whatever the emotion is, like my understanding of it is the the writing of it you know like like getting mm. that out there is is uh is what makes it make sense to me you know right i don't know if that makes any sense at all but no it makes yeah. a ton of sense yeah i totally get it um man this has been such a pleasure and i don't yes. want to take much more of your time but we always end on what you're getting down on what art has you inspired like music you've been listening to or a book you've read or a film Man, that is a great question. I have been going through um, my, I've been going through my like Spotify artists, like uh, the the people I've been following, mm. and uh, for whatever reason, like over the last however long I've had Spotify, I never liked any songs. I would always just like, okay, I want to listen to this, and I like would go to, you know, I want to listen to Bob Dylan's Highway 61 or whatever, and I would just go to it, but I never like kept track of what I was listening to or any of that kind of stuff. So I would, I started going through my uh, the artists that I like. And um, just like going through discography and like physically liking songs because I didn't realize, I don't know, I'm dumb and I didn't realize they would all go on one playlist and I could just shuffle it when I'm mm, driving. Right just, on. You know, that's yeah. all kind of obvious. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But I've been going through and um, I've been on the hugest uh, Ella Fitzgerald kick. Ah. Um, I, I uh, listened to a lot of like Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin stuff growing up. My dad is a huge Frank Sinatra fan. Mm. And um, I was going through her discography and just like, listening to a lot of her like later records and stuff she is so freaking crazy good dude nice like, nice like um 
And she has all these amazing recordings, like, on YouTube and stuff of her, like, as an older woman, like, just fucking owning it. Like, yeah. going to town with these, like, incredible musicians. I think um, towards the end of her life, she was just, like, I, I feel like she could call the, call anyone, any jazz musician she wanted, and they would show up. Yeah. She's playing with freaking Ella Fitzgerald. It's, like, amazing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've been really inspired by her lately, you know, her, the longevity of her career, um, being, like, a black woman at that time, like, working and like making such a name for herself and all the bullshit that she probably had to deal with. And she's still like a legend among legends. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. Um, so Ella Fitzgerald is my awesome. Answer. That's yeah. great. That's a Highly good recommend answer. Yeah. She has some really cool live Beatles covers actually. Huh. Um, yeah, she does these really cool Beatles covers. Um, there's one of uh, the song something, uh-huh. which is, you know, I'm sure you know that song, but sure, sure. she has a live version of it. That's amazing. And there's all these like really cool, like Germany, live in like 1970 whatever um youtube series where she you could just see her she's the most comfortable confident person on stage just using her voice like absolute you know maestro it's just amazing oh that's Very fun yeah that that inspires me i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out tonight i'm gonna I've, i mean i've listened to elephant shield obviously but not really done a deep dive like that that sounds like a blast dude it's yeah she's awesome man next level cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Matthew, your record is wonderful. This has been Thanks, such dude. a pleasure. Um, I, I'm excited for, for people to hear it. I'm excited to help spread the word about it. Um, and, and I'm excited to keep listening to it. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> reach out at any time. And I hope cool. uh, whoever listens to this, uh, I, I made any lick of sense. I'm, I have no idea anymore. <laughs> you like, sound great, man. Catch me after like six months of touring after I'm like used to talking to people again. You know? <laughs> and we'll have a very like more put together Very different conversation. conversation. <laughs> I think this yeah. was delightful, man, and I think people Same. will like it. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, um, well, I hope to see you soon. On the table I had nothing there to hide But you left me broken blind And you put it all On the table We're growing older Matthew Fowler, y'all. Thank you so much, Matthew. Thank all of you for listening. MatthewFowlerMusic.com for all things Matthew Fowler. Pre-order his forthcoming record. Drop him a note to say you appreciate him. Spread the word about his music. Matthew's so wonderful. Such a delight, as you can tell from this conversation. Um, I'm just really thankful for his music and for him sitting down with us. MarinadePodcast.com for all things the Marinade, including written pieces, photography, our online store, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow and a five-star rating on your podcast app. These are all free ways to support the show. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community, where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. Sometimes we get together for Patreon happy hours. There's all kinds of cool stuff that we like to do over there. Last week, we dropped a very special Jason's Journey with singer, songwriter, podcaster, photographer, man of many talents, Will Payne Harrison. Uh, Will and I chatted for uh, a while about podcasting and life. It was just so much fun. And you can hear that conversation at patreon.com slash marinade podcast, or you can just search marinade podcast at patreon.com and you can join for as little as 
$2, you can get Jason's Journey for as little as $5. Um, Patreon is just such a wonderful place to support the show. And if you can, if you can swing it, that's great. Come join us. Um, if you can't above all, thank you so much for listening and spreading the word about the show. All right, y'all, it's time for what I'm getting down on the segment of the show where I talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment. S G Goodman's record from 2020 called old time feeling produced by Jim James of my morning jacket has my near undivided attention. What a record. I avoid making comparisons to other artists when I talk about music that I love, but the vibe I picked up on from the very first listen, and I'm telling you, I can't stop listening to it, is the sound of like a Courtney Barnett record almost with the voice and similar writing to Amanda Shires. Hopefully that picture is painted okay in your head. And if you don't hear that, obviously that's cool too. But listen to this record, y'all. S.G. Goodman's from Murray, Kentucky. These Kentucky artists just keep finding their way to my ears and into my heart, y'all. This is the most excited I've been about a record in a long time. And I don't know how I missed it last year. The name was out there. You know, I I heard her name, but for for whatever reason, didn't dial up the music. I I don't know. I don't have a good explanation. I'm just saying now I'm obsessed. I immediately bought the vinyl, which is on its way. Um, Just can't say enough. Old Time Feeling from uh, S.G. Goodman. Great record. Great writing. The guitar tones are just like hit me somewhere deep. I, I can't say enough about it. Check it out. I've been watching a couple of documentaries a documentary documentary series um, uh, on HBO about QAnon. It's called Q Into the Storm. I remember hearing about this when it first came out um, and kind of being like, damn it. <laughs> you know, I, I, damn it, right? <laughs> it's probably the best way to put it. It's called, like I said, it's called Q Into the Storm. And, and buddy, it's fucking wild. I mean, whatever you thought you knew about how batshit crazy these people are and how dangerous the QAnon movement is, it's crazier than that. I mean, these these motherfuckers have have elected officials that are capitalizing on this wild ass movement. It's crazy, but it's worth it's worth watching because I I think I sort of expected I guess what I expected was a lot of like uh, a lot of footage of the the people that believe it Uh, and there's certainly some of that including a couple from my hometown who sound like they're not from my hometown but that's not that's not a good defense of what's happening there Um, but uh but it's not really just that it's not just an examination of these uh these folks who have been duped by this wild propaganda um it's and it's really a, a, a journalistic deep dive into how the hell this happened and how it continues to happen. Um, and there's just some wild characters in it. And, and and even though the stakes are really high in what's happening, it's still something that they've done such a good job at producing it that it's um, it's digestible. The other documentary I recommend is Val. A lot of folks have been talking about this one, the Val Kilmer documentary. Um, it takes home movies from his life and career to tell his story. It is a heartbreaking and intense film. Um, it's really wonderful. It's available on Amazon prime. I'm still reading and loving Kristen Arnett's with teeth. Um, uh, you'll hear more about that. And I am really trying to see if I can get in contact with Kristen and get her on the show. Um, but also I did something pretty 
on brand, I guess, for me and subscribed to get a physical copy of the New York Times Sunday edition, which is a decision that has changed my morning routine for the better. Um, I made a couple of moves, analog moves lately. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I, I went to a flip phone and got rid of my smartphone. Got rid of isn't fair. I still have it, but I just leave it at home and connect it to the Wi-Fi. So anytime I leave the house, I have a flip phone. Um, and and I went analog on this because, you know, I'm a b- big believer even in those big companies of um, of paying for journalism and, and making sure, if you can't, right, if you can swing it, and making sure that we're staying informed. Um, I just had a conversation with a loved one the other day who's, who really did not realize that they live in Central Florida did not realize that at this moment, as at the, at the time that I'm recording this, that COVID cases are higher than they've ever been at any point in the pandemic. And we're in, you know, it's been all over the actual news sources, but if you're watching Fox or OAN or something, you won't see that. So just committing myself to making sure that I, I'm reading legitimate news sources as much as possible and, and staying uh, up to, to date. But more than that, um, having the physical copy of the paper has changed my morning routine for the better. It's taken me back to uh, what I was nostalgic for as a kid, waking up, going outside to get the paper and reading it over breakfast. As a, uh, as a kid, I would, I would like start with the sports section every day and make my way through the consequent, more consequential stuff as best I could. And then as I got older, I would start at the beginning and read all the way through and, you know, finish the paper each day. Um, you know, these days it is difficult to get physical copies for so many reasons. I can't even get the, the Tampa Bay times, which I'd love to have a physical copy of, um, here in Orlando, which isn't all that far away. And, um, but the New York times still delivers its Sunday edition. It's a, it's a pretty thick volume. So I could just kind of pick at it each morning over my, my morning coffee and it's, it's keeping me informed, but it's keeping me off of social media for the first part of the day. Um, it's been nourishing for the mind and the soul. It has slowed me down. Those two decisions, the flip phone and, uh, the paper. And it's not like I'm not connected y'all shit. I'm hyper connected still, but, um, just from my own experience, those two things have been a positive development in my life. All right, y'all, that's all I've got for what I'm getting down on this time around. Look forward to Matthew Fowler's new record coming at you on September 10th. Um, I'll be sure to mention it on the socials uh, to remind everybody, but look for that. Stay tuned for all kinds of great stuff coming your way from the Marinade. We have conversations with J.W. Francis and Mercy Bell on the way, both of them have wonderful records one mercy's just recently was released and then jw francis has his on the way very soon um i'm stoked for those they were both incredible conversations i'm really excited for y'all to hear them we also have a pretty big name in the world of americana music that we're sitting down with in a couple of weeks um i'm not gonna i've already announced it on on patreon but i'm not gonna announce it to the greater world until it's already finished okay not to jinx it and uh, I'm also headed to Americana Fest at the end of September. So if you're listening to this and you're going to be at Americana Fest in any capacity, I'd love to, you know, fist bump or hug or shake hands or whatever you're comfortable with um, and share a coffee or a beer or water hang of any sort. I don't know, whatever. I'd love to see everybody who's going to be there. Stay tuned to the Marinades Twitter and Instagram for updates on that, y'all. I, I appreciate every single one of you. I love you. I appreciate you. Until next time. Go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.